What's up? It's Andy Grammer with Jag. Hi, this is Carly Rae Jepsen, and you're listening to Jag. Hey, everybody. It's Joe Jonas hanging with Jag. This is Heather Knox with the hottest Jag I've ever seen. Ryan Seacrest with Jag. It's B.O.B. checking in with my homie Jag. So much swag with my homie Jag. It's the Jag Show podcast. So in tomorrow's podcast with David Yaz, we get into the art of interviewing. And my interview in New Orleans with Mick Foley came up in conversation. In this interview that was about 20 minutes long, I think I spoke for maybe two minutes because I just sat there and hung on his every word. And there's an art to interviewing where if you have a guest that is that dynamic, you just get the heck out of the way. So since I referenced it in tomorrow's show, I thought I would put it out as a bonus episode right now. So here it is from 2014, my interview with Mick Foley. Voodoo 104 here with WWE legend Mick Foley. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, thank you. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. <laughs> you got it, man. They're, WWE's making me. I have no say in this. So <laughs> thank them, not me. Sounds like a plan. The adrenaline is going to kick in because this is like you know the official start to, uh, to WrestleMania, which is obviously the biggest event uh, in, in WWE. Absolutely. And we're really excited about it. You and I actually do have an upstate New York connection because I went to Syracuse, so we have a little bit in common there. Oh, yeah. So I was 30 miles south and uh, $30,000 a year cheaper. <laughs> it worked out better for you than it did for I me. I was in Cortland, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Syracuse, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I was just up there a few months ago. I still have uh, a lot of family in the area. So I was going to ask you where you've eaten, but if you just got into town, you probably haven't had a chance to eat yet, have you? You know what I did? I, I, I had some um, I had some jambalaya pasta. Jambalaya pasta was excellent. Uh I was told that the restaurant was uh, one of the finest Cajun uh, experiences in, in all of the... Uh, now, will people um, single me out because I'm actually pronouncing New Orleans the way it's, sp- it's spelled? God bless you for it. Because <laughs> yeah. there are some cities, I realized this when I was in Australia, it's like uh, the way you show you're from there is by completely mispronouncing it. New Orleans, not New, <laughs> not New Orleans or uh, Orleans, you know, stuff like that. Well, we, so. we did our, uh, our tribute to the troops last year. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that we were in Norfolk, Virginia, but we were forced to say Norfolk. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I want to tell you, we're driving by the Superdome, and man, it just looks spectacular. I haven't been. Uh, here in a couple of years, and uh, the last time I was, I saw the Superdome. It was in some rough shape. Mm-hmm. You guys done a tremendous job here, right here in New Orleans. There you go. <laughs> What's really cool too is, and you'll see this at the event later this afternoon. Is the Superdome looks awesome during the day, but now at night they light it up in Mardi Gras colors and New Orleans colors, and it's fantastic to see. And you'll be looking right across the way at it from Champion Square as the sun gets down uh, tonight. So it's going to be awesome. All right. I can't wait. It's going to be really exciting. 17-time champion of various wrestling leagues. Congratulations also last year on being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, well, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but what's fa- I think what's fascinating to our listeners, before we get into all the wrestling stuff, is you being a best-selling author and all the charity work that you've done. Did you expect when you wrote a book to be a New York Times best-selling author? Uh, no, because, you know, the conventional wisdom was that no one was going to read it. A book uh, uh, about wrestling, and uh, especially not one that a wrestler actually wrote himself. So I was really proud of the fact that when my book hit uh, number one on that list, that uh, all of the all the presidential candidates had their books out. All the guys that were going to be running for president in 2000 had their uh, memoirs out in '99, and uh, with the exception of one senator, uh, Bill Bradley, the former New York Nick, all of their books have been ghostwritten. 
Mm-hmm. You know the country's in trouble when a wrestler is doing his own work and uh, the future <laughs> presidents are, are, are having somebody else. You know, ghostwriting is basically what you'd be thrown out of school for. It's basically somebody doing the work and you taking the credit for it. Oh, right, but, absolutely. Uh, so, no, I was so obviously, you know, I, uh, I'm i very proud of that and I'm glad that people chose to read it, but we didn't think that was going to be the case. I just did it because it... Uh, you know, I felt like I had a good story to tell, and that I could tell it. So you've got the, the autobiography, and then the, can you tell me a little bit about the children's book, too? Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, that that, that um, first book in 1999 really opened up a lot of doors for me. So therefore, uh, you know, I may have had wild thoughts before, but I didn't have the, you know, the credentials mm-hmm. to present them uh, credibly. So when I woke up and I just decided I was going to be America's most beloved author of children's Christmas books, all of a sudden it didn't sound quite as ridiculous, you know? You, so, I, uh, yeah, I took a, st- I took a stab at it. I ended up doing a fourth children's book, a much better Christmas book, last year mm-hmm. uh, with WWE. They really fit in well with their uh, Be A Star anti-bullying campaign called uh, A Most Miserable Christmas, uh, starring WWE superstar The Miz. Wow, four children's books. That, that's incredible. You know, and, and speaking of, you know, children and bullying and everything, you know, can you tell me a little bit about the RAIN organization that you're a part of? This is really something else, the charity work that you've been doing. Oh, well, yeah, I appreciate it. And honestly, it sounds much better if you ask me about it and I answer than me saying, hey, let me <laughs> tell you about it. Sure. And I have, to, I have to make clear that when I talk specifically about stuff I did with RAIN, that uh, it's, you know, past tense that I, I'm not actively uh, volunteering on their hotline, but for, for two years I was, you know, I was an online crisis uh, volunteer so that when uh, people who were um, survivors of sexual assaults, be they, uh, you know, an, an hour ago or a wow. decade ago, um, when they'd go on uh, anonymously, you know, I'd be one of those people that uh, you know, did my, I really did my very best to help them. And uh, I was just thinking today, I mean, I'm honestly just thinking about this, that uh, I was Rain's uh, Volunteer of the Month uh, one time, and, and that meant as much to me as any uh, honor I, I received in sports entertainment. No, that, that's that's really incredible. You know, people who aren't as familiar with your with your story think, oh, you know, wrestler, hardcore matches, all that sort of thing. But with the charity work and, and being a best-selling author, it's, it's really quite impressive. Well, you know, I know people have their preconceptions about wrestlers and um, what they're like, but I mean, we're guys who have been given the opportunity to, to, to travel all around the world and, and meet people from all walks of life. And so uh, I've learned a lot. Being on the road has been an amazing education so that when I was volunteering, you know, I did it with a, a really open mind and a complete, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, you know, there was no assumptions or judgments. I was uh, I took a lot of pride in the work that I did online. Voodoo 104 and the Jag Show talking to Mick Foley about so many things. The big reason we're on the phone is the WWE WrestleMania 30 ticket on sale event at Champion Square this afternoon. Can you talk about that and what to expect there? You're big fans, so please head down to Champ Square. I mean, I'll be there along with uh, Booker T, uh, Mark Henry with his new uh, hairstyle, and uh, Seamus, uh, Caitlin, and uh, Rey Mysterio as well. So uh, we're looking to have a lot of fun and... Uh, and we know we're going to see, you know, the biggest fans who want to be there uh, the most. And uh, I'm bringing the Foley. So uh, believe me, this event is so big that we don't get complimentary tickets to this <laughs> to WrestleMania. Trust me, uh, I've got the American Express bill.
to prove it. So, uh, yeah, this is an event that I stand behind, and it's a, it's a, it's a great event. You guys had the Super Bowl here, what, one or two years ago? Uh, this past year, yeah. Yeah, this past year. And this, is our, this is our Super Bowl, and I think it's a great way for the city to, um, to follow one amazing, spectacular event with, uh, with another one. And that's the thing is, you know, provided we don't get sued for using those two words together by the NFL, that's, uh, <laughs> we've had some issues with them down here over the last couple of years, as you might know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. That's the comparison everybody makes is that this is, for anybody who's into sports entertainment, this is the Super Bowl. This is WrestleMania, and it's WrestleMania 30, so it's even bigger than it would be any other year, which is huge enough. Yeah, it's it's really big. Uh, now people are going to mock and deride me because I got inducted at, at Wimpy 29. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was great, and I can, uh, you know, so I know firsthand that, uh, you know, that WrestleMania is more than just a, a one-night event. It's really, you know, a week-long celebration and you guys are known for your celebrations here so right i think it's gonna work out really well and i'm gonna tell you personally uh, my old college buddies we all watched you together in your heyday late 90s early 2000s and they've already booked their flights here for april i went to one time you know to uh one of our uh, access sessions and it's amazing that you'll go through uh two hours and you will meet more people out of the country <laughs> than in the U.S. Really? Yeah, because it's such a destination for people to come to. And it, it, that's where it's not just a, uh, you know, a match. You know, people aren't going to come from Australia for a match, but they will come for, you know, a week-long uh, celebration. And so those are the people who are, you know, they're, they're, they're buying the travel packages and uh, coming to all the events. Uh, they're, they're, they're great. I can't recommend the event highly enough. You know, it's uh, one of the things you have to experience. Like uh, the Super Bowl is coming to New Jersey, mm-hmm. you know, Long Island guy. So I'd like to go to a Super Bowl because I've never been to one. But I want to know what that's like. And likewise, I think someone need not be a huge WWE fan or even know anything about it to have that experience to just see firsthand, you know, the the mania surrounding WrestleMania. Not East to now, Voodoo 104, Jag with WWE legend Mick Foley. Uh, next thing I want to do is roll through some rapid-fire questions we got uh, from our Facebook page from some listeners and some friends. Ready for that? Okay, okay. Well, I'll do the best I can. Kevin referenced the uh, rock and sock combination from back in the day. Do you have a favorite uh, pa- unusual pairing of wrestlers, either yourself and somebody else, or two people that you saw get sort of thrown together from over the years? Well, I loved uh, Daniel Bryan and Kane. Uh, you know, they've gone their separate ways, but that was just some great television. Those uh, those guys created some of those moments that remind me of why I still love. Why I still watch every every week. I'm glued to the TV with my kids, and uh, that was one of the reasons, you know, it reminds me every once in a while of why I why I love sports entertainment. Okay, Max wants to know one wrestler that you always wanted to step into the ring with but never were able to. My answer used to be uh, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Bruiser Brody. Mm-hmm. And Bruiser Brody passed away, and uh, I had a couple of really good matches with Ric Flair, and that means uh, the one guy, honestly, I wish, just for history's sake, I'd step in the ring with would be Hulk Hogan. Great answer. Stephanie wants to know the favorite match you've ever been in in your career. Uh, my favorite match ever uh, was uh, a very <laughs> pretty physically grueling uh, affair uh, called Backlash in 2004. Mm-hmm. I was following up my first match in four years, uh, which I, I was not happy with. 
uh, and realized I had one real, one more chance to redeem myself. And so I did in Edmonton against Randy Orton. It's, it really holds up well today. It was pretty. It was not for the squeamish, though. Well, as most of your matches were not for the squeamish. <laughs> uh, is there any match in your career you wish you hadn't done? Sure. Yeah, I wish. Uh, you know, like I said, it was a big deal for me to come out of retirement in 2004 mm-hmm. after four years, uh, and then it was a big deal when I wrestled Edge two years after that, and after that. It was no longer a big deal to see me in the ring. So I wish I'd uh, called it a day somewhere around 2008 instead of 2012. Fair enough. Who is the best talker in the WWE today on the mic? Oh, man. You know, uh, CM Punk's interviews are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But uh, at this point in time, Paul Heyman. Still. (laughs) He's like a chameleon. Yeah, uh, he's, uh, he's constantly changing. He's fascinating to me. So I'll go with Punk as a wrestler, and uh, I'll go with Paul Heyman as a uh, performer. Okay. Uh, my favorite question, and I'm so glad he asked this, um, because this takes me back to a moment that was one of those, you remember where you were moments, and you probably know where I'm going to go here, the Hell in the Cell with Undertaker. Yes. I love this question from Brian on our Facebook page. What was, if you remember, you may not even remember, what was said between the two of you on top of the Hell in the Cell before you went off the top? Remember what the conversation uh, was? Yeah, you know what? Uh, that's kind of one of those things that I'm not going to share. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, I'd rather leave that to people's imaginations. My imagination would say, are, are you sure you want to do this please don't die would be my guess. But uh... You know what? I, uh, I do these uh, uh, kind of one-man shows mm-hmm. around the country, and I do delve into that match quite a bit. It wasn't until... Uh, Last year, that really came to grips with its legacy, and uh, that was due to uh, the induction speech by Terry Funk with mm-hmm. an N. Just so you guys don't get slapped with an FCC fine, there's an N in there. Appreciate that. And a uh, comment that the Undertaker made to him after my uh, my trip through the cell really sent a chill down my spine. So uh, not that I'm, I'm here plugging WrestleMania, don't get me wrong, but if uh, any of you guys have a chance, and I'm, I'm hoping I do do, I do have a show, you know, maybe on Thursday or Friday night at WrestleMania week, because I, I, love, I love telling stories. Well, as a radio guy, you know, it's all about the art of the tease, and, and if you're going to tell me that you're going to get into that match at your one-man show, I'm, I've already bought the tickets. I mean, you that's, got it, man. That's fantastic. And I mean, what can, okay, I, I want to ask you about the conversation, let that be a private conversation between the two of you. But do you remember either the first fall, you know, through the table or the second fall through the cage into the ring? Do you remember at any point what was actually going through your mind as it was happening? Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the only time I was actually knocked unconscious. And that was the second fall into the ring, The right? second fall. And uh, this is something I said at my Hall of Fame induction speech. Uh, I was out for, you know, uh, you know uh, length of time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that in an attempt to buy me time. Now, let me make it clear that in today's day and age, you know, something like that would result in the match being, you know, called, you know, right. just boom, done. And that would be the correct <laughs> correct move. Right. But it wasn't the move that was made in, in 98. And so the ring filled up with people uh, in an attempt to buy me time. Uh, the Undertaker chokeslammed Terry Funk with an N. In the process, uh, Terry's uh, sneakers came off. And so my first conscious thought was looking in the ring, rolling over and going, what are those shoes doing? <laughs> I just, I didn't know why there was a pair of shoes in the ring. That's my, uh, that was my thought at the time, my primary thought. Even as the match continues, like, what are those shoes doing there? 
It's funny how you get fixated on those 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 little things. You know, obviously, it's it's such a grueling business, um, and probably can't think of anybody that's taken more physical punishment over a career than you certainly have. I, I mean, what's is it? You know, and you hear about you know NFL players having trouble getting out of bed after they retire and they get up early and that sort of thing. I mean, how are you holding up physically at, at this point? Well, I'll tell you a story. This just happened. I just did some interviews uh, for uh, WB Network, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they touch you up a little bit, a little makeup, a little anti shine, so yeah. that you know you don't glare on TV. And uh, the makeup artist is not familiar with me, and she was raving about my flawless skin, and she couldn't believe that, that I was you know approaching fifty. Mm-hmm. She must have complimented me on my uh, my flawless, uh, youthful appearance. <laughs> four or five times and then when I got up to walk away she went oh now I see <laughs> like there's the wear it there because yeah I move slowly and uh, I'm, uh, I, I don't need a lot of uh, mementos in the Foley house uh, guys come over and they're like where's all your wrestling stuff and I'm like I don't I don't display anything and they say why not I said, well, I've got this thing that reminds me of uh, my career they go what's that I said, called getting out of bed yikes like you know you get out not one day where i go hey i wonder what i did for a living you know it's uh pretty pronounced but i knew that going in that i had a physical style i imagine uh you know someone who uh plays football uh you know basketball you know real tough on the knees mm-hmm. uh, I'll, i go to i'll go to a broadway production every four or five years and i i can't really enjoy it i'm like wow that's tough on the joints you know like uh, I, I can see where a lot of sacrifices are made in various locations was it worth it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was worth it. I get to live out my dreams, and uh, you know, I, I wrestled fourteen or fifteen tours in Japan, and over there, you'll see these uh, women who are gnarled and hunched over because they've spent uh, a lifetime in the rice paddies, and uh, they're doing a lot worse than I am without stories and uh, the the dreams. So uh, there's a, a price to pay, and I paid it, but uh, I don't think it was too steep. Voodoo 104, Jag with Mick Foley. I ask this of everybody that I interview. Is there anything on your Wikipedia page that you know of that's not true? Well, I, I'm not going to go with something that's not true. I'm just going to say there's so many useless facts in there that <laughs> if people really do like me, you know, just go in there and start. Nobody needs to know that I refereed an independent match between Jerry Lawler and King Kong Bundy in 2003, and no one needs to know that I made Eric Shelley wear a turkey costume. And, <laughs> and there's just useless facts. I, I, I went on a trip to visit some of our uh, wounded service members in San Antonio, Texas, a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I went on a trip with the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And I know it sounds like I'm dropping names, and I, I guess I am, but uh, I remember just looking at the thing that spread fear into me as I see the vice chairman reading my Wikipedia <laughs> which is like 18 pages long. And I was like, the vice chairman doesn't need to know that I refereed a match between Jerry Lawler and King Kong Bundy at a high school. So That was the other thing I was going to say, is that you might have the longest Wikipedia page of anybody I've interviewed. It's absolutely horrible, yeah. I think at one time, one of the facts was not true, is that I jokingly mentioned on social media that I was working on seven new autobiographies simultaneously <laughs> and ended up being put in there. That <laughs> Here with Mick Foley, what else can we expect at the Champion Square event 5 to 9 this afternoon? Uh, flawless skin. Yes. Just, uh, come check out my complexion. It's stunning. And uh, they actually put some, like, uh, mascara in my beard to make it look darker. And uh, so I, I look like uh, I'm 18 years old. It's just, I, look like I, I look like Benjamin Button out there. I'm turning <laughs> back the hands of time.
So yeah, you just come out and say hello, and you'll also see me in a jacket and a tie, as per Mr. McMahon's uh, request. That's not my that's not my doing. So you know, I wasn't going to go here. It was one of our Facebook questions, but since you brought it up, I'll ask. A lot of wrestlers have come out and complained about the way the WWE has been run as of late. Do you have any comment on that? Well, I love it. I honestly, you know, I'm I'm. Uh, I do a variety of different things uh, for them, <laughs> but none of it requires me watching the show at home with my kids. I watch the show because I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I visited the, the soldiers at um, uh, Bethesda. That was my, I asked, can I go visit? Because I was already doing the event for the USO, and mm-hmm. uh, I was going um, uh, to uh, Dubai to uh, represent WWE for the video game, and I would and I'll just call the community relations director and say, as long as I'm there, you know, can I do a show for the troops? Wow! All right. Honestly, uh, I I love the company, and I love the fact that I don't have to be on their show to be making a contribution. Uh, okay, one last question. This came into our Facebook page from uh, Mike, who's a rather tall guy. His question is: How weird is it that in the normal world you're six five? Uh, you're really tall, but in your field, your average height at best. Yeah, I, well, first of all, I was never quite six five, uh, and uh, but I've, <laughs> I'm not even six four anymore. Gravity's taking its course. Right. It is. It is crazy that uh, yeah, the normal guy in WWE, I think the average height is six six, and a guy who's six eight or six nine is not considered to be that uh, you know that tall in our dressing room. They're telling me I've got to run, but listen, I really appreciate. It. I know you can you concentrate on the music, so I really appreciate the time you've given me and uh, by extension WWE for this event. And on a personal note, before I let you go, I, uh, I spent many a nights in college uh, with all my friends watching your stuff, and it's really cool to talk to you. And some really great memories there. And I'm going to be there this afternoon, so look forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, say hello. Please do. All right, take care. All right, have a nice day. You too, Mick. All Thanks. Right, bye, bye. Of course he'd end it like that. Hope you enjoyed my interview with Mick Foley. Back tomorrow with a full episode of the Jag Show podcast with David Yaz of Pod 617 and the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the Jag Show podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe in Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes are published every Tuesday and Friday morning. For help with your podcast, find JAG on social media at JAG in Detroit or on the web at jagindetroit.com.